listeners. Welcome back to another episode of The Bibliophiles. I'm one of your hosts, Allie. And I'm Meg. And we're back with some romance. So it's going to be fun. (laughs) We're we're giving you all the feels today. (laughs) So Meg, Meg, I'm going to tell you guys because I need to say. Meg finished packing for Florida and is leaving in like two days. (laughs) Allie, I leave tomorrow. No! (laughs) I just wanted it to be two days. I'm not even home, but. Yeah. Well, we had a great last weekend together. We did. We We got fucked up. (laughs) Yeah, we went to our local kind of towny dive bar. Took too many shots. We realized that Allie has a thing for guys with hand tattoos. (laughs) 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 To be fair, it wasn't just the hand tat, but I will say I do like hand tats. But it was like... The, like, anatomy, like, the bony anatomy of the hand. And, you know, it's got things going in my head. Yeah. And we're, and we're science majors, so, like, if something is anatomically correct, we just get, like, really horny really quick. <laughs> but, yeah, we, um, we had a good girls' night Friday, Saturday, my high school volleyball team won states, and then Allie met up with us at a less dive dive bar in our town and then me Allie and Kirsten went to a really dive dive bar in town yeah it's where i want my ashes to be spread when i die it's fine but yeah good weekend and now my car's all packed and i leave for florida in the morning big yikes <laughs> big yikes <laughs> well i wish you the safest of travels and i can't talk about it anymore cuz i'll be sad <laughs> okay i love you So that's our little catch-up. Let's get a cocktail going. The books that we're reviewing today, I'm going to do the hating game, the book and the movie trailer. Allie is going to do the chestnut man, and we're going to talk about the book and the TV show. So let's get a little, like, hating game-inspired cocktail going. So this week, we're going to do a spicy margarita, and we're going to call it the flamethrower. Because in the hating game, our main character, Lucy, always wears red lipstick, and the type of lipstick is called Flamethrower, and I'll tell you what's in it. So we're going to do some fresh-squeezed lime juice, some fresh orange juice, and some spicy jalapeno juice, and then we're going to put in two ounces of, I sometimes go silver tequila, but if I want to go smokier, I do a mezcal tequila whichever you prefer. You're going to shake all of that up and then in a glass with ice and maybe like a spicy rim, you're just going to pour it out, throw in some fresh lime and jalapenos, and there you have it, folks, the flamethrower. So I'll talk about the hating game first. It's a pretty easy review to get through. You haven't read it. Are you okay if I just go through it? Yeah, no, that's fine. Okay. So we have our main characters, Lucy and Josh. It is an enemies-to-lovers workplace romance. Lucy and Josh both work at a major publishing house that just went through a merger like a couple years ago. So Lucy is from one half of the merger. Josh is from the other. They share the same office, and they are complete enemies. They're arch nemesises, whatever. And they play these games and pranks to kind of, like, get on each other's nerves. So they do the staring game, the, like, repeat-after-me game, the how-you-doing game. And it's all these games, and you can tell that there is 
banter and there's tension and buildup and it's a HR nightmare. <laughs> like they're always reporting each other to HR. And the book really gets going when Josh's boss and Lucy's boss, they're the two CEOs of the company, announce that there is a new COO position up for grabs. And they're both putting their hats in the ring for Lucy and Josh, but they're also going to allow outside competitors to apply for the job for a COO position. So if Lucy were to win the job, Josh would be working under her. If Josh were to win the job, Lucy would be working under him. So we get to this point where they're arguing and Lucy basically says, well, if you win, I'll quit. Just like if I win, you'll quit. Like we can't survive working underneath each other. And they're like on their way to the elevator and he stops, <laughs> emergency stops the elevator, lifts her up, puts her against the elevator wall and they have like a really steamy makeout. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, wow, <laughs> here we go. So Lucy and Josh are both like, what the hell just happened? Josh is like, I was testing out a hypothesis and a theory that I've had for a while now, but he won't tell her what he was testing out. So Lucy has this kiss on her mind, obviously. Um, either like right before or right after that, she wound up having like a dirty sex dream about Josh. And she kind of like, told him about it but didn't tell him that he was in it you could see him like getting frustrated so it's like okay clearly he likes her despite like all the manipulation and the mind games and after they kiss it's like all lucy can think about she goes into work a couple days later and she makes up that she has a date it's on a friday night she makes up that she has a date and he's like, oh, where's your date? She names a bar. He goes, weird, I'm actually going there for the game. I'll see you in your date there. Lucy did not have a date. So she goes down to this guy named Danny, I think, in a different part of the company, asks him out because he's been crushing on her, shows up to the bar with Danny, and Josh has, like, an actual meltdown. And Lucy, like, sees him across the bar and is also freaking out. And Danny's telling her how beautiful she is. And she's like, I just, I need a second. This girl gets overwhelmed really easily. And I like, I genuinely feel really bad for her. <laughs> so she like scurries off to the bathroom and Josh follows her and he's like, are you okay? Like, did he try anything? Are you good? And Lucy's like, no, I'm not good. Because all I can think about is the kiss that you planted on me that I can't even handle a nice guy telling me that I look beautiful. And she like cries and she's like, you win this one. Like, are you happy now? Then she gets flowers from an anonymous person. And all the note says is, you're always beautiful. She assumes Danny sent them, but like, <laughs> come on, bitch. So her and Danny are like casually a thing but like he's a dweeb and lucy and josh both submit ideas for a company outing to get like his side of the company and her side of the merger to like work better as a team and josh's idea wins and they go paintballing and josh puts lucy on his team for the whole day and then there's this one part where like lucy's about to get shot so he covers her and he gets shot oh he, like, goes out of his way to shoot Danny, even though Danny's not even on, like, the team that they're going against right now. Like, really, like, alpha dude shit. 
and then Lucy, like, blocks him, but she's, like, getting sicker and sicker throughout the day. She had food poisoning or a virus and wound up with, like, a 106-degree fever, but she's, like, refusing to go to the hospital. So Josh takes care of her all weekend, and it's, like, cuter the way it is actually done in the book. I'm making it sound, like, very abrupt. It was a good thing. (laughs) He took care of her really good. She's delirious, so she's saying things like, I wish we could have always been friends. My coworker is my nemesis, and he doesn't want to be my friend, and it breaks my heart. I wish he would smile more. Like, he's getting information out of her because she's delirious, but he's also, like, telling her a little bit about his past, and she finds out that he actually dropped out of med school is kind of like the black sheep of his family because they're all doctors. And, like, he hasn't talked to his brother or his dad in, like, years. He has all these girlfriends who have dumped him and said that, like, his personality sucks and all he's good for is his looks. Like, really sad stuff. And they talk about Lucy and her family, who she also hasn't seen in a while because she's super homesick, but she's super broke. They live on a strawberry farm. It's, like, this really cute backstory. And, like, Josh used to make fun of her for it, but now that he sees, like, how much she misses them, it kind of, like, becomes a plot point where he's like, I really want to go visit the strawberry farm. Like, I want to see where you're from. Like, it becomes a cute thing. He calls her shortcake for, like, strawberry shortcake. So it's, like, an annoying name turned into a cute one. And then her fever gets a little worse, so Josh makes a call to his brother, who he hasn't talked to. The brother comes... Lucy hears through the door them talking about, like, the brother's wedding being this upcoming weekend. And the brother is like, oh, maybe you'll bring her as a plus one. And basically, as soon as Lucy is healthy, she kind of, like, shoves him out of her apartment without saying thank you because she's, like, freaked out that he is this, like, nice person and she doesn't hate him anymore. So then she makes it up to him by saying she sends him flowers realizes he's the one who sent her the roses while she's sick, whatever. She sends him flowers and offers to be his plus one for his brother's wedding. They hang out a couple times throughout that whole week because Lucy's, like, really lonely and she doesn't feel as lonely as when she's with Josh. And lots of steamy makeout sessions, super cute. Um, She fully breaks things off with Danny. And then we get to the wedding weekend Of course, the hotel is booked out, so they have to stay in the same room. (laughs) Of course. Of course. So they're, like, staying in the same room. Lucy is, like, having this freak out, like, I'm going to meet your whole family this weekend. We're probably finally going to bone this weekend. Our job is getting decided after this weekend, and I will have, like, met your family, gone to a wedding with you. And, like, she's not saying it, but she's falling for him, too. So at the wedding... All of Josh's family drama comes out. And let me tell you, I was not expecting this. So Josh's father is a fucking dick. He's a surgeon and hasn't talked to Josh since Josh dropped out of pre-med. And he gives this really weird wedding speech after Josh's brother Patrick and Mindy, his new wife, get married. And he goes, I always knew... My son would be a phenomenal doctor. Mindy, you chose a great, um, what's their last name? Oh, their last name is Templeman. The dad goes, you chose the right Templeman to marry. Like, 
clearly taking digs at Josh, but like they're not fully adding up. It's really confusing. So his dad's a dick. His mom is like, just leave him alone. Like his mom's a sweetheart. Then Mindy and Lucy meet. Turns out Mindy is Josh's most recent ex who broke up with him and told him, like, all you're good for is your looks, your personality sucks, like, you're a terrible person. And now she's married to his brother. And Lucy's like, what the fuck? Did I just get brought to this thing? And he's been, like, like Josh has been super touchy and super lovey. Like, is he just showing me off for his ex-girlfriend on top of, like, all the other mind games that we're playing? Like, I can't handle it. And then she has a nice talk with his mom. His mom's like, he's never looked at anyone the way he's looked at you. Like, he needs someone who challenges him. Mindy wasn't that. Josh comes out. They get into a fight. They make up. (laughs) (laughs) If I say it was my favorite part in the book, can you guess what they did? (laughs) What were they in the hotel room? They were in the hotel room making sweet, (laughs) sweet love. (laughs) But it was nice. Like, he is like, I was treating you like that because I enjoy being with you. Mindy means nothing to me. I didn't even want to go to this wedding. Like, She didn't damage me or anything. I've completely moved on from that. And they sleep together. They have a really nice morning. They go to the family breakfast in the morning. Lucy leaves the table for like two seconds. And Josh's dad is like screaming at Josh, calling him like a loser, telling him he's worth nothing. Lucy grows some fucking balls and puts the dad in his place and is like, he's probably going to be the new COO of an established publishing company. When the merger happened, half of the good ideas were his. He laid off half the company. The company that is left all got to keep their jobs, and they're all terrified of him. Like, your son is this amazing business person, blah, blah, blah. She basically tells the dad to fuck off, and it was fantastic. Like, we needed it. And Josh is just, like, so thankful. And they're in the car ride home, and Lucy realizes she's, like, fully in love with Josh. They get to his apartment. She's like having a freak out. He's like, oh, no, you don't. Like, let's talk about this. Super cute. They're like in his bedroom and he's explaining like the past few years or couple years or year or whatever of them working together. And he's like, I've been in love with you since I met you. And I'm having a feeling that this freak out is because you realized you're finally in love with me, too. She's like, what? Like, how did you know? And he's like, how did you not know? There's all these signs. And like, His bedroom, he painted, like, the color of her eyes. Again, this sounds like it's out of nowhere, but, like, colors are, I know, colors are, like, a really big thing for them because he always knows, like, what color lipstick she's going to wear. She always knows what color work shirt he's going to wear. And she, like, went into his room and and she's like, oh, like, this color blue, this is what you wear on Wednesday. Like, is this your favorite color? And he's like, yeah. It's, like, the color of her eyes. Whatever. And then it turns out, The Friday that they left for the wedding, he completely pulled out of the running to be the new COO. He quit. He's going to a different publishing firm. And he just, like, is in love with her. And he goes, well, she was like, well, what was this whole weekend about then? Like, if you quit, like, I'm still confused. He goes, this was my last chance to make you fall in love with me, too. And it was just, like, super cute and adorable. And there's an epilogue, and he's doing really well at his company. She's doing really well as the COO, and they're married. Aww, nice. Yeah, it was like the last line 
was like her introducing herself and she goes i am lucy templeman super cute um he also does this thing in his planner let's like backtrack a little bit when he's like explaining how in love with her he is he does this thing in his planner when he marks down if she wears like a skirt versus a dress he marks down when they argue and they like play their games and like he marked down like each time she smiled just like wholesome and cute as shit you know yeah yeah it's just like right up my alley um, I gave it a 4.5. There were certain parts of the book that were just, like, really, really cringy. Yeah. And uh, just, like, a little too much. Um, and I don't know if it was the formatting or what, but it was a little confusing at times who was talking. Because, you know, when it's just, like, a string of quotation mark sentences in a conversation, but None of the sentences ends with, like, he said or she said this. At times, the dialogue was kind of hard to keep track of and, like, the cringy moments. It wasn't as smutty as I thought it was going to be from Bookstagram, but, like, what happened was good. So I'll give it a 4.5. You watched the movie trailer, right? I did. I just did. Okay, what do you think? So I feel like I get the same vibe as, like, you just said with the book. There were definitely a couple of things in that trailer I was like, it's a little cringy i don't make recommendations for romance books or rom-com movies because i know that they're not my favorite so like i I don't really like judging them but i'm i will absolutely watch it and thank you (laughs) i appreciate your support um (laughs) my only issue with the movie trailer is that even before i read this book i was like this is the type of movie trailer that gives away the whole movie. Yeah. And what they left out, I'm nervous they're going to leave out of the actual movie. Like, there's nothing in the trailer about the paintball scene or, like, her being sick. But every other thing is in the trailer. So I'm a little skeptical that, like, all the good parts are in the trailer. And then the movie's going to be, like, super, super cheesy. Yeah. But... We'll see. I have high hopes. It comes out December 10th, so it'll be like a good Christmas feel-good rom-com. Good! Yeah, so now, totally related and really easy transition, <laughs> let's talk about The Chestnut Man and Brutal Murders. Oh, yeah. Super, <laughs> super casual. Seamless. <laughs> So, turns out, we've talked for entirely too long. Um, (laughs) For next week, Allie will fully review The Chestnut Man, and then we will both go over the TV show. It's just a really in-depth story, and we recorded for almost an hour and a half. However, we still will do new book assignments. So, Allie and I are going to assign each other Home Before Dark. It's the only Riley Sager that both of us have not read, but since I'm moving this week and starting work next week, just give me like a little extra time to read Home Before Dark, and we'll hit that in two weeks. Yeah, yeah sounds good. And plus, like, next week's Thanksgiving, so... Oh, yeah. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Go get, um, <laughs> go get trash on Thanksgiving Eve and eat a lot of turkey on Thanksgiving Day. Yeah. Are we... We cut this out. Are we reading the synopsis? Nope. 
We're at an hour and 25. <laughs> All right. We'll see you next time. <laughs> we'll see you next Sunday. Let's cue the fucking music. Music.